what is good everybody welcome to this week in points and travel i am your host jp buffett on this week's episode we'll be talking about how wyndham is rejecting choices offer to merge the two together we'll also be talking about how tap air portugal is joining the american express network and also we'll be talking about the joys of flight and how the aviation industry can help uh, customers move or regain that joy but first things first, we have to talk about the most important story this week from a points and travel standpoint, and that is Hilton doing it better than Delta. So if you did not know, American Express and Hilton had unveiled their changes to the Hilton line of co-branded cards with American Express. And what they did was basically they changed a lot of things, changed credits, changed multipliers, and I did a whole story on that on my YouTube channel uh, about my first reactions to what happened with Hilton. But this story is about how Hilton did it better than Delta. And let me explain. So Delta has been in the news for the past few weeks, maybe a month, in how American Express and Delta are changing uh, the access to the lounges. And it's also talking about how um, Delta is basically changing their overall loyalty program. Excuse me. Now, the interesting thing about this is that everybody's mad. Everybody is mad at Delta. Everybody's mad because at one point you got some for free. Now you don't. You know, they want the dollars. That's what Delta wants. And they're going to find a way to get it somehow. So the way the Delta program was structured before, let me back up. The way the Delta program was structured before, um, you can gain status. You can gain status by a combination of MQMs and MQDs. Now, MQMs are medallion qualifying miles and MQDs are medallion qualifying dollars. Delta just wants the dollars now. They is like, hey man, show show me the money. Show me the money. That's what Delta wants. And because of that, it's harder for people to gain status. And Delta rolled back these things, um, I think before, to gain status for silver. For the lowest status of Delta, you need 6,000 MQDs. Now, to break this down, basically what I'm trying to say is you need to gain or to spend $6,000 on flights a year to gain silver status. Now, I heard before, you know, if you don't have status, you'll never, you know, you don't, you don't need status. If you don't fly enough to get status, you don't get status. I mean, I guess there's a lot of consultants and whatnot that might fly this much, but I know there are many people who... Can, are on the cusp of getting that, but don't spend $6,000 a year to get that. Now, I'm going to move over because I'll talk about that a little more in a second. But on the Hilton side, so American Express and Hilton, like I said before, they unveiled the changes to the Sapphire line and the Surpass line, as well as the uh, Hilton Honors No Annual Fee card, which didn't get anything really. It's got like a terrible um, white uh, makeup job done. It's terrible. Uh, go look it up. It's, I mean, if, I, if you're looking at it on my YouTube channel, I'll put it right here, but it is terrible. Um, but the other two cards, uh, the annual, uh, the annual fee on the Aspire and the Surpass, the Hilton Aspire and the Hilton Surpass actually increased by, uh, for the Surpass, it increased by what? $45. So it went from a hundred, sorry, it went from $95 to a hundred and, uh, 50. 
and on the Aspire, it went from a annual fee of 450 to 550. Now that is a huge jump of $100, but before the car was great because you can basically recruit the annual fee. Now, uh, for anybody who doesn't, who doesn't know, uh, Sledge, who has his own YouTube channel, basically said that you can't, you know, his wallet does not care about uh, effective annual fees, and mine does not either. So it is a huge jump. But for a person, and I said this on my YouTube channel, for a person who stays at Hilton's, this is a welcome change. You're getting things like $400 in credits, uh, $200 every quarter, so a couple other credits. I think they decreased, uh, or they got rid of the instant, uh, air, airfare incidental fee, um, sorry, credit, but you actually got $50 per quarter um, th uh, credit you can use actually to book a flight. So it's not the best, but it is what it is, and it definitely can offset that annual fee. And it's still, it's a great card. Now, when you compare what they did with that, keeping all of the multipliers pretty much intact, still keeping, giving you the free night award, Hilton is doing it right. They're, they're doing the right thing. And when you compare it to the Delta system, Delta, at least in terms of their co-branded cars with American Express, they're still looking terrible. Because now you get 15, um, 15 flights. Sorry, let's back up. You get 15... Uh, what am I talking about? So... What Delta did was they limited the amount of time you can go to lounges. Now they reneged on this and they basically said, okay, if you go to a lounge, uh, one passes for the entire day for 24 hour period, which is great. Um, and 15, I think for most people would be more than enough, but to get status on the card, I think it's a one to 10 ratio. So to get that same or to spend your way to that same silver status would be, I believe, I do believe $60,000. $60,000 to get silver status. And when you're spending that money on this card, you're not even getting an offset. The Delta the Delta uh, Reserve card has the worst multipliers. Now, at least with the Hilton card, you can, I'm gaining a good amount of points. And the fact that the Delta Sky Miles, or Delta Sky Pesos are terrible. And on top of that, I gotta spend a lot to get status. Not really getting much in terms of Sky Miles for this. What am I doing? I, I, I personally, I don't understand. I don't understand like why Delta is basically hurting their customers. Now, to their credit, they are understanding, but like a lot of other people have said before, this is the roadmap. They are telling you where they're going. At the end of the day, they're going to get there. You know, they, they have seen them over the mountaintop and they, they might not, you know, they might get, they get there today, but Delta's going to get there. They're going to get to where they want to be. And this is just a bump in the road to get there. So, you know, that is what it is. But I think... And it's kind of like, you know, I've been waiting on about the story a long time, but I think at the end of the day, in terms of customer satisfaction, Hilton showed Delta, at least the Hilton with Amex their cards, they showed the Delta program what they could be. They showed the program, A, if you treat your customers right, they will it'll be okay with, with paying a higher annual fee. I think, it's, I mean, yeah, the, Delta, the annual fee on Delta uh, Reserve didn't increase, but we know what's coming. And the card is terrible. But for them to do this, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, I think that Hilton is a great template for the Delta cards and the Delta program. And it might like, you know, curtail that blow. Maybe make some better multipliers because the multipliers suck right now and make the car better. That is what it is. But anyways, I've been rambling on about this car for a minute. And I know you guys are probably tired of me talking about it. But at the end of the day, Delta did terrible. Hilton did great. And it's a great uh, week for Hilton loyalists. But yeah, you know, I'm going to put that on, on the back burner until we see more from Delta. But we're going to move on now to our next story. 
So the next story up, we'll be talking about how Wyndham is rejecting Choice Hotels offer to buy them. So I talked about a story a while back and basically talking about how Choice Hotels was trying to buy Wyndham. And the interesting thing about this, they actually put their, their bid out now and their bid was $7.8 billion to merge the two together. And Wyndham said, that is underwhelming. Ah, tell me how you really feel. They, they you, you can't afford us is basically what they're saying. This is not right. This is an insult. And yeah, they're basically but put $7.8 billion in terms of uh, stock acquisition as well as cash. And like I said, Wyndham called it underwhelming. And they also said, you know, it, it poses a regulatory risk. And it poses this risk because it, it, it's kind of fair because there are 1.5 million rooms if you combine these two programs together. And they, they call it underwhelming, but I think it's funny because Wyndham's stock price before this merger was, uh, it went up 13% to $78 per share. And Choice Hotels was actually trying to buy it for 90 so like they were going to pay above asking price and Wyndham's like, nah, bruh, nah, you, you, this, this, this is going to happen. You know, choice is going up from 80 to 85 to $90 a share. And Wyndham is still like, uh-uh, you, you, you can't get us. Um, a spokesperson, actually a spokesperson for Wyndham said, uh, this offer that they were getting from Choice Hotels was highly conditional and subject to significant business, regulatory, and executive risk. So Choice is also unwilling and unable to address the concerns that Wyndham has. So they also said that this actually undervalues them. They said, you are not putting enough money down to get our true value. That is a true punch in the gut, if you ask me. But again, you can't afford me, bro. You can't. Uh, we'll see what happens with this. Um, I will continue to follow this story as it continues to develop. But that's a new uh, story in this saga of trying to combine Wyndham with Choice Hotels. We're gonna move on to our next story. So our next story will be a quick one. Um, so backstory, when I first saw this, I thought that Tap, uh, uh, Tap Air Por Portugal was going to be joining the American Express line of cars like Delta. And I was wrong. I was very wrong, actually. What's truly happening is they are uh, going the, on the American Express network, but they're doing it through Carless. So Carless basically is a program or a, a lender that goes, just basically gives cards to the car, to the Carless, basically, um, pretty much what's in its name. And they're going to put this Tap Portugal card on the American Express eco, uh, American Express network, not part of the American Express ecosystem, like. Delta. But yeah, right now the card is having a intro offer of 60,000 points after spending $2,500 within the first 90 days. And this offer ends on November 30th. And after that, it'll be 40,000 points, which might be worth it. If you, you know, I think there are better sign-up bonuses, but this might be worth it. If you need, you know, you're done with sign-up bonuses or you really want to fly Tap Air Portugal. Um, on top of that, the car comes with a uh, $79 annual fee, which isn't bad. You also get 3X on Tap Portugal purchases, 2X on ride shares, hotels, and rental cards, uh, 1X on everything else. I'm not going to do a complete review of this card. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes if you are interested in seeing that. But yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I haven't seen a, a car for Tap Portugal. I think they had one with Capital One before. But either way, neither here nor there. Um, it's actually not in the American Express 
you know, actual line of cards, but it is part of the ecosystem in terms of the network. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it would be nice to see American Express kind of like branch out besides the Hilton and Delta. I mean, it has Marriott, but I digress. With that said, short story, we're gonna move on now to our next story. So our next story here is basically talking about how the airline industry can actually help uh, people rediscover the joy of travel. Now, for me, I never take liftoff or landing for granted. I never take flights for granted. I love the ability that I can hop into a plane and fly to another place, you know, see family, see friends, discover something new, discover a new culture. I love it. You know, like I, before that, like my world was very small and now it's expanded. And I think that the uh, travel industry has definitely helped me with that. The aviation industry has definitely helped me with that. So this, um, this story is actually coming from The Messenger and they're basically talking about how it is in the interest of the aviation industry to increase the infrastructure, the amenities, and basically increase the traveler's experience when they are going to these airports, when they're going on trips. Because, I mean, we think about it, like a lot of people have trouble when it goes to the airport. Like, yeah, you can get lounge access and stuff like that. That definitely helps. But, you know, for the average Joe, uh, when you go out there, all right, I'm just trying to get in and out of this airport as fast as possible. And what the author is saying is that it is in the airlines or the aviation industry's interest to basically help people enjoy the flights. You know, pre-pandemic, they were saying that, you know, people were mainly flying for business and it wasn't really much. But after the pandemic, the post-pandemic, the era of the revenge travel, not sure who they're getting revenge against, but the era of the revenge travel, people are trying to, you know, really go and see the world and, you know, gain a new perspective. We saw how fickle life can be during, at least I personally saw how, how you know, fragile life can be, not fickle, sorry, how fragile life can be, you know, during the pandemic. And this basically really opened my eyes. So, you know, I really do believe that is a, it is in the interest of the aviation industry. It's in the interest of everybody, you know, to have better, have better experiences at airports. I mean, I fly out of JFK a lot, but um, I know when I was flying recently through LAX, uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. I know, I know the LAX is trying to improve their stuff. I know they're trying to improve their experience. They're trying to get a tram going through. But right now, going to LAX, or even in the, in the past, going to LAX was not my favorite place to be. You know, so if you can improve that experience, it'd be great. And also with the airlines. I mean, listen, I talked about Delta earlier, and you already know how I feel about them. But I don't understand where all of the fanboyness comes with Delta. Like, I, I truly don't get it. I was just on a flight with my wife, and basically, she is also a Delta loyalist to the degree and basically the what was happening is we get on the flight and the only people who get free wi-fi is people who use t-mobile now i use t-mobile which is fine but she does not so she had to actually you know she didn't do it but she had to have to actually pay like 40 bucks to get wi-fi is what it is but i took a jet blue flight and i'm a little biased to jet blue this is true but i took a jet blue flight and the wi-fi was free you know for everybody you know, also the car is better too, you know, 50% back on implied purchases. That's near here nor there. But on top of that, you know, like when we uh, went for our wedding, like um, it was fine after a while, you know, when we got on the flight. But, you know, they were, they were actually going to make us pay for extra seat. Uh, this is to JetBlue. They're going to actually pay, make us pay for extra seat. So they're not fallible too. You know, like they're not, you know, infallible too. Like, and it's crazy to me. You, would, I would definitely think you would want to make the experience better for the traveler, especially the fact that like, we're increasing the cost of it. People are paying up to 39% more to travel. 
it is a great time for the aviation industry to innovate and make these experiences better for the leisure leisure traveler but yeah i'll put that story in the show notes um uh, below uh this and yeah that would actually do it for this episode if you like the podcast please leave me a review if you're watching this on youtube leave a like and uh if you want to share the video uh yeah and until next time guys peace